Hey guys, welcome back to the Noel Kassler podcast, episode 31. I'm here with my main man, Jimmy Kennedy, to break down the week's events, tell y'all some stories. So Jimmy's back. Jimmy had a 27th birthday the other day. <laughs> How you doing, Jimmy? You survived your birthday party, man? I'm here for the show. You know, I'm able to <laughs> arrive in time uh, to be here. Uh, it's been, a honestly, just a few days of uh, absolute love. Uh, a lot of fans from the show reached out to me over Twitter to give me birthday wishes. So I appreciate everybody that reached out. Got to hang out with friends, see some family, and uh, enjoy great food throughout the day. So can't really ask for much more. For there you go. And you ate yeah. a big-ass cake. Jimmy sent me a picture of his cake. He ate a big chocolate cake. Well, one of my best friends ended up sending me cupcakes for the week. So I'm, I'm actually finishing the cupcakes first. Then we'll get to the main cake. And my mom's, uh, my mom's birthday is on October 5th. So, you know, it's just constantly having dessert <laughs> at my uh, house this time awesome. of year anyway. Well, so. happy, happy birthday to your mom as well. That's great. Yeah, that's right. So awesome. great time. Good for you. October, rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. <laughs> that's right, um, man. So anyway, well, so we're back here. We, you know, we'll do our normal thing. I like to work backwards. We're recording this on Saturday, you know, and sometimes I log on to Twitter before the show and I logged on today and this will be pertinent to you and uh, to me. And uh, I saw that Madison Cawthorn, that guy's just a moron, obviously, you know, but his tweets are insane. If you saw anybody else tweeting that stuff, you'd be like, oh, this is the dumbest guy I went to high school with. You know, if he was just like tweeting it on Facebook, you would just move on. But in one of his crazy tweets, he's like, wokeness has no place in the U.S. military. And so I had this tweet this morning. I said, look, the American Disabilities Act, the ADA, was signed into law in 1990 by President H.W. Bush, you know, Bush 41. Right. <laughs> Before that, you could you didn't have a legal right to get into a Denny's. If they didn't have a ramp, you weren't getting in there, let alone a concert, you know, mm -hmm. some schools, any kind of public facility. It's still hard, as you know, we haven't done all we could. But you know, before 1990, 30 years ago, it wasn't even the law. If you had a disability and you were in a wheelchair, you didn't have an equal right to, you know, live in society and and move freely like the rest of us. And this dude's in a wheelchair, you know, like tweeting about wokeness. Wokeness is civil rights. ADA was a civil rights legislation, you know, piece of legislation. You know, it's about equality. So like somebody who's benefiting from the people that went before him and fought battles on behalf of equality, trying to take it away from others, you know, to gin up points with a bunch of shit kickers down in North Carolina. There I go. I cursed for the first time. I'm trying to stop <laughs> cursing, but, uh, you know, a bunch of ignorant rubes that like are buying this bullshit, you know, and the guy's such a scammer. He's dangerous because he's good looking. You know, he looks like half a Tom Brady or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get canceled for that joke, but I like it. But you know what I mean? He looks like Aryan youth. He went to Hitler's vacation home. So I'm sure they love it down in North Carolina, you know, and he's a rapey kind of like sexual predator and he's an idiot and he's homeschooled and he says things like God has no place in the government. Well, what are you doing in the government then? Go become a priest. Yeah. Well, has anybody actually seen his uh, handwriting? I mean, I think he uses crayon half the time when he has to write something and it looks like a four-year-old did it. Yeah. yeah a four-year-old four girl. He does like early <laughs> hearts and stuff, you know? And I'm told that you're not supposed to actually make fun of him about that because it's part of his injury. You know, I guess oh. he had some cerebral injuries, you know, and so whatever. No, he writes like a little girl. He was homeschooled. He's a moron. You know what I mean? Right. His family homeschooled him. That's not always a bad thing. And obviously half the country got homeschooled, you know, okay. in the last year <laughs> or whatever. But you know, the guy's an idiot. He, he did like a semester of, of, I forget the name of the Patrick whatever college, like some Bible <laughs> college down there in North Carolina and left after half a semester and a hundred of his classmates, more than a hundred of them signed a petition saying this guy's a sexual assaulter because he would get girls in his little Dodge Charger or whatever that he got from his bad faith lawsuit. And he'd try to like attack them. <laughs> you know, he'd take them to some parking lot. And you just know he's the kind of guy, like I was talking about last week, that revs up his engine. You know, you know, he peels out of every parking lot he ever comes out of. You know, he's that guy. You know, anybody who's got guns, he's had four weapons charges at this point. You know, he tried to bring a gun on a plane. He claimed to bring a gun on the floor of the Congress. He brought knives to a school board meeting and like Rambo knives that he had affixed <laughs> to his wheelchair. Like that's a psychotic. And I'm sure they eat that crap up. 
you know, in North Carolina. And I don't know that he'll get taken out of office because I see some, you know, I think there's a couple people running against him. One of them is sort of clearly a scammer in my eyes. I discussed that <laughs> before. He was following me and asking for money every five seconds and I unfollowed him and then he unfollowed me, um, you know, and I see he's using mm -hmm. his children and stuff to raise money. Anybody who's asking for more follows and more donations every five seconds on Twitter scares me, whether you're on the left or the right, like you can do good things and the money will follow. Take action. Don't just keep looking. I don't want to see this as an opportunity for you to just constantly make money in your campaign. But um, I'll get off point there. But that bothers me because I feel a lot of that is just going to be a grift and the guy's going to end up getting reelected. And I don't need another old white guy from North <laughs> Carolina. You know, get, get somebody like who represents diversity in some of these seats, you know, and don't give me the excuse that, well, those people won't get elected. We'll make them get elected. You know, if you're the white guy who thinks you have a right to that seat, go be the other guy's chief of staff. Go make the harder candidate get an opportunity to serve, because that's what we need in Congress. And we certainly need that in representing places like North Carolina, all these deep south kind of states that are these bastions of ignorance and racism need to change. And the right. only way you're going to change that is when you have these bright lights come forward. You know, you're Stacey Abrams. You're Raphael Warnock's, you, you know, somebody who's got a different perspective and is representing the people in your state that have always been kept down systematically and are that are now being kept down dogmatically and, and sort of like culturally with this new Christian thing. And I'm getting to my point here. It's like that wokeness, that anti-wokeness thing is the dog whistle for our new racism, you know, like. <laughs> wokeness is your problem you know and i've said it many times before like the the military should be diversified and i've never seen more bravery than i've seen in transgender folks you know i was yeah. thinking about it this morning i sat with a friend of mine two years ago the night before he had to go into his office that he'd worked at for 20 years you know he's a white collar like architect and stuff in new york city and he was going to go in the next day as a woman and he was scared because it was the first time they were going to see him transition fully. And he was terrified, but he was going to do it because he was living his truth. You know, and that's real bravery. People who know they're going to catch hell, they know it's going to be very uncomfortable. They know they're living in self-centered fear, but they're going to do it anyway because it's the right thing to do for them. It's not harming anybody else. And it's clearing a path for those who come after them. That's a leader. That's who I want in the military. That's who's getting me out of the firefight in the jungle. You know, yeah. I'm following you, bro, or woman, <laughs> or whatever you want me to call you. Get me out of here because you've already proved you had the medal for battle. We're at some idiot in a, you know, sitting there with a bunch of guns, waving a flag, looking like Aryan youth. I don't trust you for a second because you're a fake tough guy. You know, you need the guns and the knives. You're not a tough guy if you're bringing a knife to a fucking school board meeting. You're a psychopath. Right. I've never had a weapon in my life, Jimmy. I lived in D.C. when it was the murder capital of the United States from 1989 to 92. I've been in the middle of shootouts. I've seen people get shot. I've seen guns all around me. I never once thought I need one, too. Well, you know, it only opens the door for you to use it once it's available. That's the issue with having guns so widely, ava widely available in America. And we've talked about it. Um, let me just say one more thing about my advocacy for people with disabilities. You know, when I got into high school, we had a radio and TV station and I wanted to get in there right away and started doing play by play. And I went up the stairs every Friday night, you know, for a couple of years because the rails weren't there. But by the time I was a senior, I had handrails installed so that future kids with disabilities could get to the press box easier exactly you know? and it's not it's not my job to do everything but let me provide the tools so that future generations have a better chance exactly and to stand in the way of progress when it's none of your damn business right madison right. cawthorn's not in the military he'll never be in the military he lied about getting accepted to the naval academy <laughs> you know they <laughs> wouldn't take him he's an idiot you know, like you said, you saw how he signed his name. That's like going to, you know, an Ivy League school. It's really hard to get to. But um, and the guy's a liar. Like he lied about his accident. You know, he said that, like, you know, Jesus pulled him out of the burning car. His buddy <laughs> pulled him out of the car and then he lied about it, sued his buddy's insurance company. That's a bad faith lawsuit. 
You know, all his fancy guns and his Dodge Charger and all this stuff are a result of him suing somebody who didn't deserve to be sued. He already got a settlement and then he sued for more money. And then he lied and said, Jesus saved him. He was left there to burn alive and Jesus and he crawled out himself. It's not true. You know, if somebody saves my life and pulls me out of a burning car, who, by the way, they were switching off drivers as they were going down the highway. You know, they were overtired trying to make a drive from back from spring break in Florida to North Carolina without stopping. And they're just switching as the car is moving down the road from passenger <laughs> seat to driver's seat. So you're already a couple of knuckleheads that are lucky you didn't take out anybody else in your stupidity. You know, you know, yeah. like so you're already an irresponsible idiot. You know, you're lucky that you lived. A lot of things helped you get out of that. And now you're just turning your back on it. You know, who does that sound like? Governor Abbott? Every other Republican, Donald <laughs> Trump, a guy who was a millionaire by the time he was 11 months old because his dad was hiding all of his money in his children's accounts to, to cheat on his taxes. You know, it's like we're full of these entitled little pricky white men in this country and now women because you have your Lauren Boberts and your MGTs and your Kristen Cinema, who's in the same group as the rest of them. And we'll get to her in a minute, you know. These entitled scammers that are working on behalf of corporations and individuals and bad faith actors to, to get theirs. And, and it's working. You know, I, there was an article I saw this morning that tens of millions of Republicans think that violence would be OK to put Trump back in office. What? Yep. And I believe it's in Solana uh, Politico. But and I believe it. Right. Because wow. you can see they're already violent. You can see the violence roiling through American society right now. When you go and attack a school board and scream in someone's face, that's an act of violence. You know, when you freak out on an airplane because you don't want to put on a mask, that's an act of violence. You see uh -huh. these guys throwing temper tantrums all the time, and uh -huh. they're always the same type of person. They're always white folks. You know, they're always kind of like the same dudes you'd see at Applebee's. <laughs> but you know what I mean? They're kind yeah. of suburban, semi-rural. Like You're like, that guy's not a rocket scientist at his day job who's freaking out in Subway now because they're asking him to put on a mask to get his fucking- <laughs> With a rocket thing. launcher. Right, exactly. You know? But, so my, but my, my larger point is these people are militarized. You know, they got this from Putin. Putin wants to destabilize this, destabilize this country. He wants to people to think that they're, we're heading towards a civil war. Because it undoes democracy, it makes it fragile, and it makes us a joke in the eyes of the world. And most importantly, it weakens our economy. That's where the real damage is done. You know, January 6th sort of got pulled back from the edge because the dudes who own Twitter and stuff, you know, the hedge funds, your Black Rocks, your, uh, there's another big capital interest group that owns the biggest share of Twitter. They they're the ones who told Jack, like, get Trump off of there. The market's going to tank if this guy keeps calling for civil war. Because if you remember, he kept egging him on that afternoon, you know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. my point is, wait till the next election and chaos really ensues and see what happens to the world markets the next day. It's going to be terrifying. And that's what Putin wants. But he's manipulating these people through Facebook. You know, they're getting disinformation. Giuliani said, admitted in court the other day that he was in to lawyers, that he was influenced by Facebook, you know, that some of his election disinformation he saw on Facebook. And obviously, Giuliani's no rocket science either. The guy's an alcoholic for 40 years. I, you know, I've told my Giuliani stories. He's a, he, <laughs> that guy's a bigger psychopath than Trump. You know, they, they were mano in mano and they worked hand in hand with each other forever. But Giuliani is a bigger prick than Donald Trump, if you can believe it. Like if you meet the two, you know, if you had to sit next to one of them on, you know, you'd be like, well, I don't know. It's a guy in a diaper or a guy with, you know what I mean? Who's going to fart the whole time in front of me with COVID, you know? I need a shower after seeing right. both of those guys together. But, uh, you know, it's, I was watching my district's school board meeting last night and they, they have this group. It's a Christian fascist group that comes in and they booed the school board to the point that they walked out. And now because of the booing and the chaos that they're raising, you know, in this local community, one of the most well-off places in America, my school had a planetarium to give you context. We had a lacrosse team in the Midwest. Like it's as soft as soft gets for the Midwest and people are freaking out. This is a well-off town with smart, rich people and they're freaking out, you know, and that's what caught, that's what's really causing me to be concerned because it's like these are educated people that know what they're doing i know 
So, well, and the school board walked out, the members of the school board? Yeah. And now future meetings are going to be virtual because the parents are such childish people. You're getting to the heart of the matter because that's the objective. They want people to not sign up for these boards anymore and they want to replace them with the Trump sycophants. It's the same thing at voter elections boards right. and stuff and, and secretaries of state, you know, in all these GOP red states. They, once you replace these guys with QAnon nuts, yep. it's game over. It's game over. And people already cannot pay attention to the amount of scandal that's coming at them. Mainstream media is no longer basically reporting on what we're finding out that Trump did, right? The six-point plan barely got a whisper out of MSM last week. This Monday, my friend Carolyn Maloney, the, you know, the chairperson of the Oversight Committee, released all these documents that they got in their investigation that there was something called the Mar-a-Lago Trio in January of 17, when Trump took office, there was these three dudes at Mar-a-Lago, three rich guys, one of which was a billionaire guy named Ike Perlmutter. He was the head of Marvel. He was the oh, chairman right. of yeah. Marvel Entertainment, you know, to make the X-Men and all that crap you probably watch. But um, <laughs> I don't watch cartoon movies, but um, not, not too much. I know they're real action, but yeah. whatever. I'm, you know, I'm fucking an adult. <laughs> I don't watch that stuff. I've never seen any of that. Spider-Man, Iron Man, whatever. Get out of my face. You know what I mean? <laughs> Show me a movie you, with man. adults talking. Like that stuff is ridiculous. You know? <laughs> and, and I know it. Uh, people love it. It's just a joke. You know, I do a bit about that in my set. You know, because <laughs> you know, I couldn't believe people wouldn't wear a mask. It's like you've been watching Batman <laughs> for 40 years. Every superhero in America wears a mask and you can't put one on in 10 minutes to walk into Walmart. You know, right. you literally spend all day playing video games, pretending you're a superhero. Here's your big chance, bud. You know, <laughs> put on a fucking mask and act like a grown up, you know, but people couldn't do it because they have been so infantilized. You know, that's the other thing. American males are like in this perpetual adolescence. It's called a PlayStation for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm getting a new PlayStation for Christmas. Bro, you're 50 years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> GameStop should be called, dude, just stop. Just stop. Yeah, it's a know? it's a failing business anyway brick and mortar right. video game store like just download it if you have to not no, that i'm not encouraging the, you that's not the point of the joke jimmy no okay go ahead uh, that joke killed in my set by the way and speaking <laughs> of which i'm going to be at the uh wall street theater in in norwalk connecticut on november 18th i gotta plug that because if you want to hear the more humorous side of my rants i do it on stage and it's a lot of fun you know that annapolis show couldn't have gone better but my overall point is, you know, so we had these guys, one of which is the chairman of Marvel Entertainment, right? And basically Trump went to him and said, I'm going to be president now. And he started dividing up where are the opportunity zones? You know, what can I sell off in the U.S. government to make a quick buck? And the first thing they keyed in on was the VA because there's nine million patient records. All these veterans that are part of the Veterans Administration Health Program have records. And those things are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Because if you get them to the right company, then that company, you know, can target them with ads specific to their medical situation. You mm -hmm. got diabetes. Now I hit you up with diabetes or I sell that information to a drug company that wants to know where its potential customers are. Right. Mm -hmm. So they figured out real quick the VA, you know, was going to be a cash cow. And these three guys were like, yeah, we're in. We'll do the VA overhaul. Right. But they needed they needed a company that was going to buy all those records and they needed a middleman to broker the deal. So they mm. got Jared and Ivanka who used their private email to contact <laughs> at Apple, CVS, Johnson and Johnson. You know, they called up all their rich buddies. Oh, I know the Johnson and Johnson air. I go to the Met Gala with them, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. GE was one of the companies. So, but basically these three companies did business with these three dudes from Mar-a-Lago with Jared and Ivanka in the middle brokering the deal. And it went through, like Apple uses, has patient records. There's VA patient records you can get on your iPhone now, which is insane to begin with because I can't even log into Apple TV for two years because I don't get the passcode thing that they send me on my phone. Like I try to log into the TV and they send a code to my phone. Mm. They enter the code, like how do I enter it into my TV? And I've tried doing it after my past, you know, my past, it's just a nightmare is my point. So I don't want to be sitting there having a stroke in a doctor's office, like not being able to log into my phone. So right. you can get, you know what I mean? Apple doesn't need my medical records. And the only reason they have them now is because Trump wanted to make a buck. 
And this was a scandal. It was illegal. These guys were beyond the oversight of the U.S. government. They had no business dealing with the affairs of the Veterans Administration. But Trump hooked it up right away. It was one of the first things he did. And his kids benefited. His kids who made $640 million within four years of public service at the White House. So that, my point is, under any other administration, that would have been a gigantic scandal. If you had found out Clinton did that a year after he left office, everything would have hit the fan. It came out Monday. Nobody talked about it. A few articles, you know, second rate things on, on Twitter passed it around in articles, but, you know, it didn't lead the news anywhere because it's complicated, albeit, you know, and I explained it in a car rant and didn't even release it because I was like, people aren't even going to get this or care, you know, because and it's my point. It's not that they don't care. It's that they're burnt out. They're like, well, that's just, that's too complicated. And of course they did and whatever. And that's, I'm making a larger point here. That's part of the reason you have the school boards and the people screaming at school boards and the Madison Cawthorns with their crazy tweets and their Marjorie Taylor Greens, because that chaos distracts from the bigger stories. You know what I mean? Like you found out that Corey Lewandowski was banging Christy Nome last week, because <laughs> on Monday you found out that she committed fraud on behalf of her daughter. Her daughter wanted to be a real estate appraiser, obviously, so Christy could start laundering money in South Dakota, you know, and inflating the values on properties or deflating them. However, it works on both sides of the fence. That's what Trump did. If he's trying to get a loan, his house is worth $80 billion. You know, yeah. if he's paying his taxes, it's worth 8,000, you know? So having your daughter be a real estate appraiser would be very handy. And I doubt many 26-year-old girls in South Dakota have a lifelong dream of being a real estate appraiser, you know, and it's actually very hard to become a real estate appraiser. There's a, it's a, you got to jump through hoops and it's a difficult thing. And, and long story short, she failed at it. And the yeah. woman who'd been the head of that agency for 20, 30 years, you know, was like, I'm going to fail her. She's not, she's not getting a license. And when the governor found out about it, she made that lady come to her office the next morning and sit there with the other like secretary of state and with her own daughter, right? And they put her on the carpet and said, you're giving my daughter, you're giving my daughter a license. And then they fired the lady. They made her retire early. And she had to, she, she sued or was going to sue and got $200,000, which isn't anything. That's nothing. If you lose your job, 200 grand, like you're retired and you're 60, like you're not going to live the rest of your life on 200 grand. So it was a scam, you know, and it was a major scandal, right? And she knew it. And what happens next? On Wednesday, you find out that she's having an affair with Corey Lewandowski. That's leaked on purpose, Jimmy. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, you know, and that's Trump's scintillation. You know, he doesn't really care about you finding out that he slept with a porn star. You know, that stuff comes out to hide the mob stuff, to hide the deeper, darker financial stuff. Right. Right. So this is how it works. I'm trying to make the point that this chaos and this like whiplash that everybody's getting from scandal to scandal is going to wear us down. It's going to grind us down. It's like Trump would always do, you know, the first year on the Miss Universe pageant, he stopped the show with all the crew standing around, not in front of an audience, but at a rehearsal and inspected the contestants. Right. And everybody was like, this is insane. How is he getting away with this? This is horrible. And the next year they wrote it into the script and just had the crew show up an hour later. It was in the script. Trump inspects contestants. So it <laughs> saved the production money and they accepted it because he wears you down. And that's they're using that as a game plan now all across the GOP. It's what Texas is doing. They're throwing so much insanity at us day after day that people are just like, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, a great example of that, one of the guys that's actually leaving Congress because of how crazy it is, is a former Indianapolis cult, uh, Alex Gonzalez. He's a representative out of Ohio. And he's like, I'm not saying this crazy shit anymore because he fears for the safety of himself and his family. You know, he went to Ohio State, played a few years in the NFL and wanted to serve in Congress because he felt like he could help. But he drives out the moderates. And they're, we, we've said it for months now. It's an all right movement that's happening at the GOP, you know? Yeah. Look, so. Marjorie Taylor Greene this week said, if you're a Republican and you plan on voting for the infrastructure bill in the interest of being bipartisan, I will primary you. I will come to your district, wherever it is in the country, and I will dump money in it and make sure you get primary. That's insane. 
And she's backed by QAnon and, and big business and all this big money to be a chaos agent. It used to be in Congress, somebody from North Carolina couldn't tell you how you were going to vote in Oregon. Even if you were in the same party, you'd be yeah. like, screw you. My district has a copper plant and I need the copper piping that's going to come out in this bill. It's going to help my constituents. It wasn't a nationalistic party, but that's how it is now. You do what I say on behalf of the fewer fewer, you know, Trump, or you're gone. And that terrifies people because they don't want to be gone. People forget, but Marjorie Taylor Greene didn't live in her district in North Georgia, right? And there was a Democrat who was running and he disappeared overnight. QAnon got to him and said like, we'll ruin you, dude. And the guy packed up his family and left Georgia and nobody's heard of him again. Marjorie Taylor Greene came into that district and ran unopposed, right? That's QAnon tactic. You're not going to do this for public service. You're going to be like, dude, this ain't worth it because they're going after people's children. You know, Trump's a mobster. You know, he's killed people in his business career. You know, his executives didn't just get on a helicopter that had a faulty rotor, okay, when they were cooperating with a money laundering. That's a hit. That's a mob hit. And he's done that a gazillion times. And people don't even want to go there. They don't want to mess with it because Americans aren't, Americans are not, well-trained for this moment. Let's just put it this way. And I don't mean all of us, but it's just like, we're kind of like, you know, we've been trained to be consumers, you know? Mm -hmm. We're not, for the most part, advocating on behalf of others. You know, we didn't have civil rights in this country for African-Americans until the mid-60s. That's pathetic. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's a couple of years before I was born. Like, you know, I went at the top of the show, we said ADA, 1990. Born in 94. Right, okay, I was born in... in 71, but I'm 1990. I was already out of high school. Like you're just now figuring out that people in wheelchairs need to be able to get on a bus and go to work, you know? So we're real slow to progress and we're real quick to backtracking, you know, and that's what's happening. Culturally, you have a big movement in this country, not all of it, but about a third of this country that would be fine with segregation again, with racism, with Christian fascism being the rule. Look what's happening with the abortion laws in Texas. That's draconian. That's insane. How do you think Europe looks at that? You know what I mean? They must be like, they already thought we were pretty uncouth and uncivilized because we were, you know? <laughs> you know, we always had elite pockets of this country and elitism doesn't imply sophistication, but we were dumbed down from the beginning. You know, we thought American was like, you got gas should be five cents, 15 cents a gallon. And my car should be 40 feet long, you know, and I can drive wherever I want, right? We ruined this country for highways and roads everywhere. We paved paradise, you know, to quote Joni Mitchell and put up a parking lot, big strip malls. You go to European cities, they don't do that. You go to the European city. I mean, obviously it's older, but the cities are beautiful. And the city centers, you can walk around, you know, you can go do your Saturday shopping and see other people and be in a community and walk on cobblestone streets. We had that all here. We destroyed it. Some places have kept it. Annapolis, as we'd mentioned, that Naval Academy, that's a beautiful city. Still has its old cobblestone streets. There's still a lot of value in America, but we let big companies tell us what progress was and convenience. And it turns out that wasn't convenient. You didn't need to have a 40-foot car. You know, they've been paying close to five bucks a gallon for petrol in England and Europe forever. Right you know, forever, because they know that the devastation it does to the planet. And we think it's our God-given right to, to destroy the rest of the planet. You know, and worse than that, we let oil companies do it tax-free. <laughs> you know what I mean? We let ExxonMobil and all these guys do whatever the hell they want. And that's what's really behind this, Jimmy. That's what's behind your Madison Cawthorns and your Kristen Cinemas, certainly your Joe Manchins, all these chaos agents that are holding America hostage now for their own egos and their own grifting are going to ruin this place unless Americans stand up and say they don't have a right to do that. You don't have a right to screw over my grandchildren's health. I mean, I, I was just thinking about Joe Manchin, especially this week, has been more irritating than usual, uh, you know, with his enormous yacht and people in uh, rowboats are going up to him saying, what are you going to do for the people? You know, progress for 300 million people is coming down to five people in Washington, D.C. You know, that ratio, it doesn't work in the long term. It chips away at society. 
And you talked about the GOP being a nationalistic thing. We saw Matt Gates, who has sex trafficking as public record, you know, in his history, go to Wyoming to badmouth Liz Cheney months ago. This has been in motion for months. This is right. not something new. Not to mention, you saw him like go after General Milley this week. Matt Gates got all these sound bites for Newsmax going on. Why didn't you resign? You should have. Matt Gates, you know, the, the rich snot from William and Mary who survived the Battle of Beer Pong, you know, <laughs> is telling the Joint Chiefs of Staff that he that he should have resigned. A guy who's literally facing pedophile, you know, sex trafficking charges. And, and he's going to get the clips and people will like it. You know, he'd get reelected in Florida. Let's be honest. It's not really looked that down upon to sleep with teenage girls in Florida if we're being real about it. You know what I mean? Like the place is like a misogynist paradise. Okay. You ever go to Daytona Beach and Hooters and all this crap? You know what I mean? Like it's not all like that, but let's be real. They'd vote that guy back in. He came into public the public sphere in, in Florida, most people don't know this. He was a state senator before he was a congressman, state rep. And he would, uh, he would like tweet, he, like he'd be at the grocery store and he'd be, some lady in front of me is using food stamps. We need to stop all these entitlements. Like he would just do all these racist dog whistles. You know, his dad was the GOP president in the Florida State Senate, a very corrupt, longstanding, rich politician in Florida, you know, which Gainesville or Tallahassee is like, hugely corrupt florida is where you go to be corrupt you know what i mean like when they're getting to you in other states you've moved to florida because you're going to get away with that's why jeffrey epstein was there that's why trump hangs out in palm beach your, your money will buy you things like sheriffs and district attorneys that's what the first epstein deal was with alex acosta they let the guy leave jail during the day and go back to his house. <laughs> he was in jail for sleeping with teenagers you know with junior high school girls and they let him leave from nine to five every day, go back to his house where he had other high school girls come and visit him and continued to sexually assault them and then go back and sleep in jail at night. Only a rich white guy gets away with that. Do you know what I'm saying? It boggles the mind and most people can't keep up with it. Like I said, you know, it's almost too much. And, you know, I don't want my viewers to be overwhelmed. I know this is probably not that uplifting to listen to, you know, and I know it, I'm always negative and angry about it. It's just, I look around and it pisses me off. You know, we lost the ivory-billed woodpecker this week. It became extinct, right? That was a bird in the South that you would see in Florida and Georgia and these swampland areas. It was a giant woodpecker. And when people saw it, they'd be like, oh my God, because it was this huge, beautiful, red, you know, cool looking woodpecker. It's yeah. extinct. It doesn't exist on the planet anymore. That breaks my heart. There shouldn't be species that you can't see anymore, that your kids can't see. Your kids will probably never see a whale or an elephant, Jimmy, or their grandkids. You'll have to say, hey, there, there used to be these animals, you know, that walked the earth free, but Don Jr. wanted to go shoot one for sport, you know, and there's only, a, you know, there's none left. Like, that's what's happening. The things that have the most value in life are being devalued the most. Do you know what I'm saying? You're letting pollution take out a woodpecker. So somebody can do petrochemical refineries so he can promise some jobs to some local constituents so they can put food on the table and then their kids can get cancer because the groundwater is, is full of poison. That's what happens in all these southern states, Louisiana. These All these places have the highest cancer rates in the country. These corporations are killing you. This is nothing new. And they're killing the planet and they're taking species off this planet. And we have to get hip to it and say, we don't have to live this way there's no law that says i mean actually there's a lot of laws okay but like the laws that protect the corporations and the people that do their bidding your Kristen cinemas you know who flew home yesterday instead of staying in dc to make sure that the legislation happened she's at a donor retreat right now at a spa in phoenix making bank she doesn't care she's not going to get reelected in 2024 She's going to be a millionaire by then, or she already is a millionaire. She'll be a multi, she'll be 10 millionaire, and then she'll get a contract with Fox News and get to go on with her neon pink blouses and her blue glasses and, you know, and be yeah. an asshole muckraker and make more money, right? Larry Kudlow was on CNN, C-SPAN, or what Fox News Network. My old neighbor, Larry Kudlow, used to smoke <laughs> crack on my block, you know, who relapsed in the Trump administration and showed up drunk every Sunday 
on the news show saying the economy was fine when the whole thing was shut down, right, was on cable news with another guest from Fox talking about there shouldn't be free lunch in schools because then kids will come to expect free lunch. This is regarding Jersey, where they have a free lunch program. I mean, that, think about that. Larry Kudlow lived in Carnegie Hill, bro, in my neighborhood. He's got a big summer house in Connecticut, country house. You know, the guy was a, a Wall Street gazillionaire until he flamed out on cocaine. And then he got a media job. And then he was a drunk in the Trump administration. And now he's back on Fox News. He's no expert. He's not even an economics guy. He doesn't even have an economics degree. He's a fucking whack job. I know the man. He's despicable. Trust me. You know, but they fall upwards. That's part of the gig. You do our bidding now. We'll take care of you for life. Unless you get too close to Trump, then we'll cast you out. You know, at least publicly, we'll turn our backs on you like they did to Corey Lewandowski this week because Trump found out he was banging somebody he wanted to bang, you know, for like the 10th time. Right. He slept with Hope Hicks, Pam Bondi, apparently, Christy Nome. So he's like, all right, you're out. Pam Bondi's back in. Another one who showed up drunk at his impeachment hearings. You might not remember that, Jimmy. She defended no. him. Yeah, she was one of his lawyers and his impeachment. And she would like show up looking like she took the drapes down from a Holiday Inn and wrapped around <laughs> herself, hung over, and then ran out to be in court. You know, it's insanity, man. It's a cartoon show, yeah. right? But it has real world consequences. Species go extinct because of this. Bad men become wealthier and the wealthier they become, more politicians stick out their hand and say, I'll take some of that. Like you said, Joe Manchin wants to be on a big houseboat in Georgetown. He owns a coal mine. Somebody asked him about it this week. He was like, next question. You got a problem, bud? Do you know what I'm saying? They don't want you to look deep. Those guys had to kayak up to him to ask him a question, you know, and the Capitol press fawns on him. There was a thousand guys around him every time he walked out of his office this week. Those guys get off on this. You know, imagine having the fate of a nation in your hands and what kind of ego boost that is for a corrupt person, you know, for somebody who skews towards narcissism. You know, if you want to be a narcissist, move to Hollywood, go yeah. be a rock star. There's a plenty of things where narcissism will serve you and you can live it out. Don't do it in public service. Because you're there to protect the lives of people you've probably never met, but you're going to impact in a negative way. And you might think that you're enjoying it on this side of the grave, but you can't take that houseboat with you. You can't take that millions with you. And if you leave it to your kids who continue to do your evil stuff, they're, you're screwing their lives too. Yeah. They're not going to wake up to what you're really here for, which is to love and be compassionate and help one another. Help every creature you can see. You know, if I have any philosophy in life, I'm trying to not do harm to any creature. You know, if it was up to me, you wouldn't even have cars, bro. It's not worth the first raccoon that got hit by a car. I'd be like, nope, bad invention. Back to the drawing board. Thing is that loud. That's the other thing. These, this technology that we think is such a part of life has only been around for hundreds of years. I mean, 100 years, 100 years, right? Mm -hmm. Model T Ford, early 19th century, 120 years at best, right? Combustion engine. That's nothing. That's a blip in time. So you can, we can progress. You know, we used to use whale blubber for oil. That's what we used in the, in the 19th century, whale blubber. Who thought that was good technology? Let's go kill a whale because we can make candles out of his fat. Yeah, that's a good idea. No, it's a stupid idea. Make a fucking fire out of wood that fell down in the fort. You know what I'm saying? We always do this dumb shit and think it's the way it has to be. It doesn't have to be this way. But a lot of stubborn human beings, myself included, need to get in a lot of pain before they progress in life. You know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. When you're an alcoholic or an addict, you need to get in a world of hurt before you become willing to do anything about it. Because denial is so thick and you're living in so much self-centered fear and shame and all these things that you don't really want to dig into and recognize that you have to get to the point where you're willing to ask for help and accept another way to live and realize that you're powerless over the way you're living now. And that's what we have as a nation. We're powerless over a lot of things. And that doesn't mean we can't change it. It means we have to admit that we're living under like this addictive compulsion and it's easy to say well that's just the way things are it doesn't have to be that way every big pickup truck doesn't have to be spewing out coal you don't have to drive a big delivery truck 
into the middle of New York City in the middle of a weekday for some guy to pull out two cases of Snapple and bring them into a deli on the corner, right? That just not doesn't make sense. They don't do stuff like that in other major cities. You ain't getting away with that mm-hmm. in London, in Tokyo. You're going to pay a premium if you want to do that, or you're going to do it on Saturday you know, evening when nobody's there or something. You don't, you know, but now we just let commerce be God and we don't regulate any of this insanity and it affects us all. So you can't look away anymore. You have to have the courage to change things. And that starts with compassion. Like I said last week, an open heart. You know, anger doesn't serve anybody. I'm angry. Anger comes easy to me. That's why I rant about it. And maybe sometimes people like it because I can distill a few things, you know, into a soundbite. But, you know, anger isn't going to get us over the goal line. I'm just like, wake up, dude. You know, somebody else with more insight and compassion will come along and change this place. We just have to sort of toe the line and, and let those voices emerge, you know, and they're going to come from the, the places that we don't traditionally, traditionally look. Greta Thunberg is a great example of that. Malaya, Malia, I'm saying her name wrong. You know, that wonderful, you know, the girl from Pakistan. I met her once at Glamour Women of the Year. You know, these people are leaders. Like you clearly, you know, AOC, AOC is brilliant at what she does. She's yeah. effective, you know, and she's probably going to get her way with all this progressive caucus stuff, you know, in the infrastructure bill. You need these people like, no, it isn't business as usual. We're not accepting the old ways because the old ways got us here. The old ways are the reason Merrick Garland hasn't done anything, you know, about Donald Trump. The old ways, the status quo, there's a lot of people interested in protecting that, but that's not going to change this place or make it any better. That's just going to make the rich richer and the poor poorer. And there's a lot of people that want that. I think the thing that's most disappointing to me, you know, I I was born in 94. This was before my time and you can't go back in time, unfortunately, in this world, but you know, Jimmy Carter is celebrating a birthday this week, and it could have been so much different if we had Jimmy's vision, saw what he was seeing, and listened to the science, you know, but America is, is notoriously short-sighted when it comes to making money. We're always short-sighted when it comes to getting a check, and the real problem to me, I think, you know, with how competitive 2020 was, and 2022, and 2024 on the horizon, it might discourage people from voting if you don't get any kind of progress because they look at Joe Manchin and they're like, Democrats have the advantage. You know, they're not seeing between the lines. So, and that's that's the hope that Trump and his buddies want too. They don't want people voting. <laughs> so they want to try to discourage it so that they have a better advantage and they're, they're putting everything in their corner, essentially right. now. And that's why you have all the voter suppression laws. Jimmy Carter's a hero. I remember watching his convention, his Democratic convention in 76 with my grandmother sitting in Crofton, Maryland. It was the first political event, you know, I witnessed. I obviously remember when he was president, I was a child, and I remember the racism that sort of came up against him. You know, that was the groundswell of a lot of what we're seeing now. That's when the Koch brothers, for example, got very politically active. Before that, their father was part of the John Birch Society, but that's when Charles Koch and David Koch really, you know, it was Charles, it was the one who died who started it. Then his younger brother, I guess, David Gary, David was the one who died. I forget. They, they're both scumbags. But anyway, that's when they got really politically active. That's when Reagan came on the national scene because Carter scared them. Carter was the embodiment of like the good things that came out of the 60s, civil rights, caring about the environment, not draconian drug laws, you know, recognizing marijuana and stuff wasn't some harmful thing. And Carter was like a nuclear physicist, okay? He was, he went, talk about West Point. He went, I mean, talk about Naval Academy. Carter went to Naval Academy. He was like the first guy to serve on a nuclear submarine. He was an expert in all that stuff. You know, he wasn't this like, they tried to paint him as this wimpy guy who couldn't do anything against Iran. And unfortunately, he had a lot of malaise in this company and, and gas shortages. And, you know, he, he was one of these guys who couldn't have had it sort of been set up for failure, you know, any better. And then you just had this machine, you know, that that sort of coalesced around Reagan with Lee Atwater and a new Southern strategy and the Koch brothers and the Federalist Society and all these kind of new neo-fascist, neo-Christian conservative things sort of just came out of America and said, you know, like, 
screw this wimpy liberal. You need a real man. You need a cowboy in office, you know? And then Reagan, who was an actor, he was a racist actor who'd been governor of California and president of SAG, you know, who, who, you know, Frank Sinatra hated Reagan, you know, back in the sixties was like, that guy's a racist. You know what I'm saying? So like, but people bought it because you had the, you know, the hostage crisis, which Carter actually solved, but the Iranians waited until Carter left office to make it look like Reagan freedom. You had all these things that were like in a perfect script to kind of flip America to what we see now, you know, which is just like this rugged individualism, screw entitlement, screw taking care of the homeless or the gay people because you had the AIDS crisis. You had a lack of compassion and empathy replaced with a tremendous lust for greed, right? And a big conservative machine and a corporate machine being like, no, your job is to consume stuff. It's the roaring 80s. You need Jordash jeans. You know, you need a BMW. Greed is good. This whole Wall Street thing that by the mid 80s in my generation, I was in high school by then, you know, just caught fire. You know, the yuppie kind of whole thing. Right. But Carter was empathetic. He was brilliant. He was empathetic. I knew people who served in his administration. He had close ties with Crosby, Stills and Nash. And last time I saw President Carter, by the way, was with Graham Nash, probably 2014, we were out in, and Bill Clinton, we were out at the civil rights, there's a civil rights center at the LBJ Museum in Austin, Texas at the University, University of Austin. And I was out there with Mavis Staples and all these people and Graham, you know, who goes way back with Carter as does Stills and stuff. And uh, we're standing in the hallway and like President, it's just me and Graham standing in the hallway and President Carter comes up. He's like, hey man, how you doing? <laughs> like he's the coolest guy in the world. And the first time I met Carter, we did the Goodwill Games, which was a thing Ted Turner started, another Georgia guy who, you know, was a great liberal. And um, so the, we did the Goodwill Games downtown in, in New York, where I was yesterday, down by Wall Street, down where Ground Zero happened, down yeah. and uh, Ground Zero, they call it Ground, you know, 9-11. It was the Winter Garden. It was this little like area behind the, the old twin, twin Towers at Battery Park. And we did this big event there. That's the story of Giuliani, if people remember that, when he ripped up the script and threw it in my face. He was keeping Carter and all these guys waiting. But when I went, I was Carter's escort. I've escorted Carter, Clinton. I got to work with a lot of presidents when they'd show up, ex-presidents when they'd show up on these shows, they'd be like, no, getting old and handle them, you know? Because <laughs> I always yeah. liked politics. And I was like, heck yeah. But um, so I go to meet Carter at this like drop-off point and like there's a publicist or somebody there and she's like who's going to be handling carter and i'm like i am you know and i remember his secret service guy was like excuse me and i was like oh well i'm just on behalf of the show like i'm the talent rep that's going to bring him in and bring him to stage and he was like okay and he was his secret service guy and i remember his secret service guy was like my size and he just had this air like he was my size wasn't really any bigger than me like asian american guy you know, uh -huh. I think he even had like a lazy eye or something. And it was just like, but you got the sense you're like, oh, this is all Carter needs. And this guy could probably handle his business. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like this guy just had that vibe, like, oh, he could kill you with his bare hands, like before you even <laughs> blinked, you know? And he was just very casual. It just always stuck in my head. And by the way, Carter lives with Rosalind now in Plains, Georgia, or wherever they live, teaches Sunday school and lives in a very modest home. And the home that Carter lives in now is worth less than the two secret service SUVs that sit outside of his house guarding it, right? Because the, the SUVs have to have the communications and bulletproof and all that. Do you know what I'm saying? So he lives in a house that's worth less than the car that guards him. That says everything about the man, you know, he's a true Christian. He's a saint. But anyway, so he shows up and I'm all excited and he's like, how you doing? You know, I don't, I don't even remember what he said to me, you know, but I got to shake his hand. I was like in awe. And I said, I'm going to bring you to stage now. And we, this is outside, you know, it's a park like setting and we start walking to stage and, you know, there was children there. It's Goodwill games, you know, and this little like school girl came up really pretty little African-American girl, you know, like just a cute little school kid and was like sort of nudged forward to say hi to Carter. And he kneeled down and was like, hey, what's your name? And started having a conversation with this young child that was so detailed and so in depth. And I was getting impatient because they're yelling in my ear like, hey, 
come bring him to stage. Where is he? We got to start, get him to stage. That's how it works in my business. You know, they want to get eyes on where is the guy? And I'm like, Hey, we had to stop. Cause we were like still in the parking lot area. You know, I'm like, hold on. And he didn't care. He didn't care that Ted Turner was there. He was given this girl as much attention as he had. Do you know what I'm saying? He was so interested in her life and what she is studying you know, and what her home life was like and her family was like, he wasn't moving until he made sure this girl was good, you know, until he found out if there was something he could learn from her, you know, if she had a need that wasn't being met in her school system, in her community, in her life. And in that moment, I said, that's how it's done. That's what a politician is, man. Somebody who's given anything that comes in his view, his full attention, his open heart and his compassion right? Because he's there to serve people. He's not there to serve governors and corporate interests and the VIPs just because they have more money in the bank. If anything, it's the opposite. You're there to serve the people who don't get represented fairly because they don't have the money and they don't get the opportunities. And Carter understood that better than anybody else. And he terrified, terrified the right. That's why they were like, they have to take this guy out. You know, my political sort of activism career had its genesis at something called like it was like the Sunday Festival. It was a solar energy festival on the mall during Carter's administration and Jackson Brown played, you know, and I'd already been kind of a fan. I was a young kid and I saw him play and I saw that there was all these people out in the sun to kind of do something against nuclear power and like go for alternative fuels, you know, solar power. And I was like, I want a part of this. Music and art can get people to realize a common good and a common humanity and progress. And imagine if we had done that, you know, that would would have been 45 years ago, probably almost now. Imagine if we'd been using solar power now. And instead, we're in the opposite. People are driving pickup trucks that get 15 miles a gallon. You know what I mean? You could have solar panels on every house in this country. And instead, now you're getting penalized if you put them on your house. Because the Republicans and the oil companies and the energy producers don't want you getting alternative fuels. You don't think they could make a car that gets 100 miles to the gallon? You don't think they could figure out a carburetor that could do that? Of course they could. They don't want you to do that. They don't want you to have an iPhone. You know, why do I have to have eight of these things in a drawer in my house? Do do you know what I'm saying? Business is built on repeat customers. Like somebody's Chris Rock, you know, who's, who's really astute politically guy. I think it was Chris who said, you know, like the money is in, isn't in curing the disease. It's in the treatment. Yes. Now he was like, they don't want to cure AIDS. They want to <laughs> manage AIDS, you know, and what happened with AIDS, right? There's no yeah. cure, but you can take AZT and some drugs that'll modify it. I'm not, you know, that'll keep you alive. Essentially. I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's comedy. You're making generalizations, but he's on to a real truth there. You know, it's, yeah. it's pain management, right? They don't want to solve your pain. They want to sell you Oxycontin. So you have to take this thing every day, you know, well, and they want to give it to everybody. So everybody becomes an addict and a consumer. And that's, you have to look at that philosophy as the backbone of our political machinations for the last 50 years. You have to look at that as the response to Carter and progressivism. And it's why to wrap up my point from the top of the show, which was like my thesis statement, it's why you have Madison Square, you know, Madison Square, Madison Square Caulfields, right? And Marjorie Taylor Greens and Libby, you know, whatever, Boberts or whatever the hell her name is. That's why you have these people saying the same mantras over and over again. You know, I believe in God, not government. No wokeism. They're taking your guns. Freedom. It's communism. It's socialism because they're getting paid by these companies and by the Koch brothers to just ram that down people's throats, to fill their stomachs with junk food, you know, and confused ideology based in fear. There's nothing to fear. There are solutions, but, but we, we don't want to approach it that way because there's no money in that. Right. You know? and, and you have to change things. It's like I've said before on this show, the Koch brothers never stop any of their oil leaks because it's cheaper to pay the fine than it is to stop production and repair a leak in a pipeline that's going across Nebraska. And if a couple hundred people's kids get cancer in 20 years, so what? Cost of doing business, collateral damage. That's what we've become. The citizens of this country have become collateral damage. And the people that are supporting this stuff, the MAGA people are cannon fodder. They just don't know it. 
You know, Trump's plan was to send him up at January 6th, have him get slaughtered, you know, when they attacked your boy from, from Indiana and then call yeah. in the military and say, I got to shut everything down. We've been attacked by Antifa on president until further notice. And the dude would still be president, right? And there would be military tanks in every city in this country. And if you don't think that would have happened, you weren't paying attention. He would have sacrificed those fools who went up there with their flags and their bear spray and their idiocy. They would have been, he would have thrown them under the bus so quickly. You know, they would have been mowed down. Yeah, the man. only problem was we kind of were smart. And there was, there is no Antifa, first of all. It's the stupidest thing ever. But, you know, there was no opposition, you know? They, so what do you got to say to all that, Jimmy? We're going to wrap up here soon, but. Yeah, well, let me, um, talk about my experience with cerebral palsy because you talked about chris rock and his bit about how it's about the cutback you know the comeback um you know cp costs money <laughs> i had the most expensive shoes in my school because they were attached to walking braces and i had a walker and some kids need you know a, a van that has a ramp that can get into it it's not like those are widely available <laughs> you know the cost of having a disability is tough and i was going to say this earlier I don't know the exact statistics to 2021, but a few years ago, I saw a report that the unemployment rate among people with disabilities was 50%, half. And part of that is they don't have a public infrastructure to help them, you know, public transportation to get them employable, to get them in a position where they can at least live a normal life. Let's just do that for people. Let's do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. and you, you grew up lucky, you know, you were fortunate. You think of all these people that aren't so fortunate, you know, that yeah. can't afford, that can't afford the things. I mean, it's just heartbreaking. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's the kind of stuff that like, you know, you would imagine in the dark ages and the middle ages, you know, right. it's the, it's like a blind guy selling pencils, you know, in a cup <laughs> on the subway or something, you know, it's just like, how are we letting, how are we letting this happen? And, and, and why aren't we doing something about it? You know, and, and, and I think we kind of, explain that on this episode because people don't want you to do anything about it you know when trump was putting in when he was building trump tower i've said this before but like he got in an elevator one day with one of the architects and builders and you know gotten his gold-plated shitty elevator you know that was lying about like 48 floors you know or 58 floors it was only 48 floors he added an extra 10 floors because his penis is so small he had to feel bigger and by the way, I know somebody who, who had sex with Donald Trump and she said his penis looks like a small mushroom that a dog chewed on. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was paid. She was paid. But yeah, that's that's. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's a left turn for my listeners. But uh, so he gets in this <laughs> elevator and he goes, what are these little dots? And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, what are these little dots under the numbers? And she's like, that's Braille. Those are for blind people. He goes, blind people aren't going to live in my building. <laughs> Right. He didn't want that kind of thing around him, you know, and that's that's the Republican philosophy. It's not about any authoritarians don't want signs of weakness, not that it's weak to have a disability or something that you can't control. But that's how like this whole eugenics Nazism thing works out like Hitler didn't want that stuff around either. You're selling people this illusion of superiority and to admit that there's vulnerability in a community and we all have to look out for each other right. flies in the face of what inspires authoritarianism, which is allegiance to a virile tough guy. You know, that's why, like, I think the Turkish guy and Putin, Erdogan and Putin were having like a spat this week about who had more antibodies. You know, they each had an antibody test. Ruth Ben-Jiat, who follows me and I follow her on Twitter, pointed this out. You know, it was like, it's all about virility. You know, I'm naturally strong. That's why Putin is always on a horseback. And that's why all the MAGA flags have him looking like Rambo on some flag. You know, instead he looks like Dumbo. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the dude is in a girdle. They have to strap him into. You know, he gets winded walking 50 feet. You know, he's one of the most unhealthy people you'll ever see. But um, they can't let that be the image, right? It's why they go after Biden trying to say he has dementia. He doesn't. You know, they're just trying to sell you this fake tough guy thing because it's an easy way to manipulate dumb people. It's why all these guys have these beards now. They think it makes them look virile. How many fat guys are driving around with beards now? Like if you just shaved, you'd just be a fat guy. 
right? But now you got this big, long beard. You're like a tough guy Taliban. No, you, you'd be, you would be winded before you got up the first hill. But they're, they're all dressing like they're special forces guys now. That's a lifestyle. That's what Trump has sold these people. The white, mediocre American male feels like he's part of a patriotic army now. And he will be part of an army because they'll follow this guy into battle. That's how this brainwashing works. These guys think they're doing the right thing, right? Hitler thought he was going to heaven, right? You know, yeah. that's how this works. People will do really bad things if you connect it to nationalism or religion. And MAGA is connecting it to both. And that should terrify people. The founding fathers had a separation of church and state for a reason. Right. Well, and but you have in God we trust on our paper money and coins like that. That went away years ago. Like when, when they would talk about the separation of church and state, I'm like, bro, I've got five dollars in my pocket that has in God we trust on it. What the hell are you talking about? And, you know, I get that the founding document was awesome in 1776. There's a reason why we still have it and why it's held up. But maybe we should write some new stuff to build a better world. You know, no, nobody says that it has to stick to that doctrine. You know, this is our country. We can determine where it wants to go if we put the right people in power. Well, you also have to look at the, the faults of the men who wrote that document. You know, right. we hold up our founding fathers like there were some, you know, super virtuous men, you know, go look, go do some research into Thomas Jefferson. Look at the rations that he would give to an adult enslaved person per week. It was like two herring, like a pound of cornmeal and a piece of lard. That's what you got for a week's ration after doing of all his slave labor, right? Enslaved human beings got barely enough food to eat. They were owned. They would take your children. They would assault, you know, you, they would sleep with your the women because they owned them. This is inhumane. These are people who did this stuff. Stop putting them on a pedestal. They wrote a piece of paper that can change. Yes, it might have, you know, written in some freedoms for certain people, <laughs> for white <laughs> people, right? Gave you unalienable, unalienable rights of, over a king across an ocean. You're doing more evil right here and there, and you're not protecting anybody. So my point is you can change those documents. We need to educate people about that stuff. Show people what slavery really looks like. You know, you should be paying reparations. African-Americans built this country. They should have reparations that are like compounded interest, period. If the, if the tables were turned, that is all you would hear out of white people. You owe me money. You owe me money. They're saying that now. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my point is just, you know, I'm not measuring human progress from dudes that were born 300 years ago that owned other human beings. Those are not gods to me. Those are not virtuous men. I thought it was stupid when you said pledge allegiance to the flag when I was in elementary school. I was like, I don't know shit about this country, but the neighborhood I live in is not equal. My friends are getting a block of cheese from the government or not living in equality. People getting evicted every day we come home from school with all their possessions out on the street. That used to happen every day when I came home where I lived. The, the amount of insecurity and fear that many people have to live in in this country and struggle do you know how hard it is to be poor in this country right now? Do you know how hard it is if you work at a dollar store that's barely paying you and making you work 12-hour shifts to sell a bunch of crap to other people because it's all they can afford is a dollar roll of toilet paper and stuff? I'm not saying those people are bad. I'm saying this whole industry, there's an industry in keeping people poor. And that's what's got to change because that's what Amazon and all these other big corporations that everybody's standing and thinking are the way of the future and are going to save the planet are doing right? The guys that own them are getting on rocket ships and going to outer space while they're owning the Washington Post, while they're letting people do the dumbest crap they've ever done, which is like buy a light bulb from a store in Seattle and have it shipped on a truck to your house in Baltimore. Go to CVS and buy the light bulbs that are already in your community. It, do you know what I'm saying? Like we have to regulate how much crap you can just ship around. It freaks me out when I see a big UPS truck come into my driveway and deliver a package this big you know, of chocolate yeah. or something you could just buy whatever, but you just happen to click on your phone and you're like, well, let me just get it shipped. No, go to the mall and buy the pair of pants, you know, in person. Do you well, know what I'm I know people don't want to hear that stuff, but you got to start looking at that stuff because you got to reduce the amount of carbon emissions. 
You don't need all these trucks on the highways everywhere. We got to start prioritizing this stuff if we're going to do anything about it. And I'm going to wrap up here in a minute, but that's what's in this infrastructure bill is dealing with climate change. That's what they're really afraid of. That's what your mansions and your cinemas are really trying to put a gum in the works against, right? Their, their job is to be a fly in the ointment. That's why they're like, Kristen, go home this weekend, you know, do whatever to, to distract from letting this thing pass. Cause we don't want to address this stuff. We don't want to have infrastructure rebuilt, you know, and, and I know you want to talk to me. Let you a minute. No, that's fine. That's what a lot of this bait and switch stuff is about. And you got to look at it. You got to look who stands to gain the most from obstructing this stuff, you know, and it's always the same players, you know, and, and they don't, they don't have a right to do this. They're just, People are not seeing the illusion. You know, it's like somebody sitting on a box by, there's an old parable about a guy who's sitting by a box, sitting on a box by the river, you know, and he's begging for money. Uh He's got a little cup out, he's begging for money. And then somebody, and he's been doing it for years, just sitting on this box every day, begging for money. And somebody comes by a wise man and was like, did you ever look under the box that you're sitting (laughs) under? You know, and he turns over the box and there's like a pot of gold or something. That illusion is about like, we have more power than we think we have. We've just been dogged into like sort of getting beaten down and brainwashed into thinking we can't do anything about it and thinking somebody who has a lot of money has more rights than we do. They don't. They just want you to think that and you need to stop them and then you can talk and we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, I I think I would just say, you know, I had a big outpouring of love and support with uh, my birthday this weekend. And the older that I've gotten, you know, I told myself this week that my 17 year old self and seven year old self would never believe that I'd be here. Despite all of the tools that I was given, all the opportunities I was given, you know, I'm still working towards something bigger than myself. So I guess uh, my, my parting message to the audience this week is that things can change if you, if you want them to and take the steps necessary, but you can't have, resentment in your heart towards someone else because they're just trying to do what's best for them and, and their family at the end of the day they want the same thing that you do and the the quicker we can get into that and that we should all win it's not for me to win you have to lose we we can all win so there you go good message yeah. jimmy and what's your website tell them uh jbk on air um my podcast hasn't been updated for too long uh it's kind of just a creative vessel but you can check out all my stuff there, jbkonair.com. There you go. And you can catch me at noelcastler.com. I started a TikTok page Ooh. this week. Yeah, I'm on there twerking. So you can check that out. <laughs> I'm mouthing some trap music, rap or whatever they call it. And there you go. Twerking. No, I'm doing like things like my car rants, trying to talk to the younger generation, the TikTokers. I don't think they're listening, but you know, I got about 30 followers. Or you can find me on Twitter where I'm a constant presence and uh, Twitter gadfly as my friend Bill Sheft once referred to me and uh, the great Bill Sheft. And anyway, uh, that's it. I'm coming to kind of be at uh, Wall Street Theater in Norwalk, Connecticut on November 18th. It's going to be a crazy show. Everybody come out. It's a beautiful show. I'm also going to be in New York City at the Iridium on December 22nd. That's Les Paul's old nightclub. I got to be there on the opening night with Les Paul on that location. I'll tell that story on the show sometime because it involves Slash, a cigarette, and a wealthy white woman in the first row. So what more do you want? You got to tune back in for that. Until next time, Noel Kassler podcast episode 31 is done. Be well, folks, and love each other.